face. Yeah, you took me back to choir real quick. Welcome <laughs> to another episode of Live at the Family Barbecue. Hey. Season three. Three is a great number. It's a very good number. Allen Iverson. Okay. Dwayne Wade. Okay. Three parts to Star Wars. Okay. Uh, uh, Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. (laughs) 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 Okay. Hey, but anyway, you know, that shit goes in threes is what I'm saying. So three is a very important number. But I'm very excited because this season we'll be focusing a lot, a lot, a lot on a black business, black entrepreneurship. Yes. So I got someone I'm very fond of with me today. There's supposed to be one other one with this nigga fell asleep. <laughs> oh, we gotta let that nigga feel all you of that. You are missed, bro. You are missed. Nigga, uh, Nigel, aka a pimp named Mo Better. Yes. You feel me? Your but spirit. it's all good. The spirit is in the mist. Yeah. We can feel we can feel you snoring. We right outside right. your crib. I'm gonna say some wild shit. Yeah. Just for you. Just for you. <laughs> but I want her to introduce herself when she's a, a a a brilliant young lady. I do mean young. Thank you. <laughs> young lady. <laughs> and she is a real entrepreneur. Entrepreneurial spirit, you know, and she's also a HBCU grad, so. Yes. Yeah, so I will let her. Shout out to TSU. TS. Tennessee State? No, don't <laughs> like that. <laughs> Woo, hater. Woo, hater. They're amongst us. No, TSU, Texas Southern University. Yes. That's what's up. But what's your name? <laughs> My name is Ronisha Johnson, a.k.a. Poppy, Supreme Queen Poppy. Yes, I am a native of San Francisco, a black queen who's, you know, all about her community, um, all about my family, you know, all about progression, being real. Nice. I like that. And what are some of the things you currently do slash work on? Because I'm sure we'll just bring you on another time so you can really talk about everything you do. But, you know, in a nutshell, as much as you like to say right now, with some things you're working on. So, yes, the first thing is the Vegan Hood Chefs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I uh, uh, helped create that company with uh, my partner, who happens to be my best friend, uh, Rima Amy Calloway. Stop lying her, bro. What do you mean? I'm, here for, I'm your fucking best friend, bro. <laughs> you are one bro, of my... Emi is not your best friend, bro. We just going to get that mean? out of the way right now, bro. Emi is not true. Come on, why y'all both can't be my best friend? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just trying to cause conflict, Y'all, both, y'all both serve a conflict. purpose. Emi, you are her best friend. I'm sorry. Because you know she, she'd be ready to see you. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. Over a comment like that. But true. yeah, we started the company uh, about... Two years ago, shout out to our friends Breezy and Bobby. Um, And it's crazy how I actually got started. I mean, like, I started transitioning into being vegan. Um, That's one piece of it. Um, After my experiences in college, I had an experience uh, where I had really, really high blood pressure. And, you know, Mm -hmm. going to HBCUs, you have, like, Catfish Fridays. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. 
we had crawfish boils. And then I also went to school in Houston. You know, shout out to Texas Southern again. So, you know, I was eating everything. They say everything's bigger in Texas. I was That's eating it up. I had gained so much weight. Um, and I remember going to the doctors out there, and the doctor told me that I uh, had high blood pressure, and they tried to put me on medication. So I started mm-hmm. doing research and changed my diet. And over time, you know, mm-hmm. um, I saw improvements within my health. And then I started doing more research and saw how um, having a vegan diet was also, you know, extremely healthy as well, mm-hmm. too. And so I just started cooking on my own, and I made a ve- I made an actual page uh, just to kind of, like, highlight some of my vegan dishes and um, my friend Breezy and Bobby were hosting an event and one of their chefs couldn't come through so they actually hit up uh, me based on my Instagram page and I got my cousin together and also Emi together um, and they asked us if we can cater their event. We ended up catering it for like 150 people Mm. and sold out with like no experience at home (laughs) like working in the kitchen except for what we learned from our grandmothers and our aunties. And I think, you know, growing up in the Bayview Hunters Point is also known as like a food desert, meaning like there's not a lot of access to healthy, fresh fruits and vegetables. And I think through our work community organizing, uh, we, you know, worked with folks all over the the world um, and also including our community. And what we found is with, through the conversation, we're talking about how the war is waged against black folks in the in communities of color, we found out or felt like food justice was really kind of left out of that conversation. Mm. And so we wanted to merge the two. We wanted to be able to use food as a way to really highlight the sacredness of our community, but then also like bring like the political uh, aspect to it as well too. And so like the Vegan Hood Chefs is to create access to healthy fruits and vegetables and create alternatives for our community, but also still keep that sacredness um, you know, of our flavor, of our essence, of like, mm. of, of tasty food. Cause I think a lot of black folks have the perception that vegan food is nasty. Mm-hmm. And so we wanna, you know, debunk those stereotypes. That's dope. Yeah. That's why you always gotta stay ready, man. She hit you up on some, like, it was like almost some fluke type shit in there. You was ready. Right, and we sold out. We sold like, out. How much money you make that day? <laughs> Let me hold some. Let me hold some. <laughs> That's what's up, though. No, that's dope. All right, so when you... We're going to get it out of the way right now. So when you going to come back on? Because we usually... We we, we, finish, we put stuff up Thursday. We start now, so... Your birthday week is on when you want us to host you and your... Who, I guess, you, Emi? That'd be appropriate. We definitely should come back on my birthday week. We definitely will be right We might have food people two weeks in a row because my... Uh, he was actually Mr. Bowie two years before me. My man, Jermaine Rawless, him and his girl, they got a, uh, they started their own little catering company. It was just catered for uh, the last OG, uh, Tracy Morgan, his show. Lit. Yeah, they just That's did that lit. one down there. Yeah, and they both HBCU girls. She went to, uh, she went to A&T, and he, of course, went to Bowie. So, yeah, man, that's what's up, man. I'm just happy black folks out here giving people healthy options, good food. Yeah, and investing in, you know, Yeah, yeah. That's important. That's what's up, man. I'm inspired. You inspire me. You know, we're not, this is going to be very important today. We're not waiting until people is done to give them their roses. You got to give people their respect. They just do, and they praise while they're here. So, yes, you are an inspiration. I'm sure you're inspiring a whole lot of other people, too. So, 
Definitely. Thank you. Please keep it up. Keep pushing the bar. And you an inspiration too, my nigga. We're not talk we're not here to talk about me. We're not here to <laughs> but talk I'm about just saying, you. You gotta eat just, you gotta eat these. You can't you gotta dish eat out compliments up. and not be able to take them either. Like that's, you're that's an very true. as well. That's I'm a reflection true. of you, my brother. That's very true. I appreciate Definitely that. Definitely a reflection of you. You're an author and shit. You feel me? Definitely go pick up that, you know? My historically black purpose yes. available on Amazon right now. Yeah, All ebook platforms. Especially since I went to HBCU. Right? That part. Audiobook will be out in a couple weeks. And, um, yeah, we got a lot of fun stuff coming up. So I'll be at the Los Angeles Times Book Fair this week. So that'll be fun. Yes. Soaking in some knowledge and stuff. So, yeah, it's going good, man. This hustle is 24-7, 365. So make sure you stay on your marathon. And speaking of the marathon, we was actually supposed to drop last week. But we decided to push it back. Because we wanted it to drop the day, you feel me, of uh, Nip's funeral, which should be when this is coming out tomorrow. So that'll be Thursday. Because uh, he was one of the big inspirations for us starting the magazine and this whole thing. And then also our personal endeavors and, uh, you know, just a, a dope dude, man. man dope dude. Around. Beautiful spirit. You could definitely see all of the passion he put into his work, you know, is really, or has been reflected in uh, how he's been uh, being celebrated by the people, you know what I'm saying, across the world, really. And uh, it's just been such a trip. Because uh, I think when I really, really got on him was around uh, the year I graduated, which was 2014. Mm-hmm. Uh, Crenshaw had just came out. Yes, I think actually, matter of fact, you was out there too because that that was around that same time around my graduation. I think yeah, we yeah, was bumping was, that because yeah, I remember. Was. Shout we, out to Stella because I just remember being in the car with her. <laughs> Wait a minute, playing. Stella, Stella was bumping. Him, YG, she <laughs> go everything, everything. No, LA. but that was like my shit around the time that you graduated. Yeah, yeah, nah, sure. like because if I'm, you were mine, yeah, that is my shit. So he. uh so I started listening. I think we had CIAA was in March. So March 2014. That's when I really got on it. Mm-hmm. First, it was like, check me out. That was my yes. shit. <laughs> that was my shit. <laughs> check me out. And yeah, then like from there. Yeah. Look at my girl just like a star. Yeah, that was like, my shit. Like I felt that in my soul. Well, everything. Like he, he has shit on there, like you said, that you just felt on a personal level. Right. You know what I'm saying? I know a lot of people, my homeboy was trying to put me on him like years and years before that it came out. And I was just like, nah, man, I'll get to it when I can. But it was just something about the Crenshaw tape. That whole shit just, yeah. that's what made me a fan. Yeah. And then I went and checked out all of the other stuff. So, um, yeah, we definitely wanted to take this one out to uh, celebrate him. Just kind of talk about the whole situation. You know, a few levels to it. We don't want to dwell on it too much in a bad way, you know what I'm saying? Because he is a great person who did a lot of great work and I feel like he's going to be a, probably a bigger inspiration now than he probably even was when he was here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So we want to talk about that. So I want to ask you, you know what I'm saying? Yes. You present in the community, right? Uh, just so we can kind of get to the beginning of it and then we'll get to some of the other stuff, you know. Um, for... A lot of black folks, you know, a lot of us are in our entrepreneur type bag right now. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, even ones who are, you know, doing other stuff, doctors, lawyers, you know, whatever they're doing, right? Trying to reach a certain level of success, I guess you would call it. Um, we do feel like it's an obligation for us to give back, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, what I've been seeing since this has happened is just like been crazy because it kind of hit home with a lot of people. Is you have the one side of it who's saying it's absolutely yeah. your job to give back, and then you got other ones saying, "Well, we want to give back, but then we got to worry about stuff like what happened with him happening." Mm. And then you got the other ones who say, "You don't owe nobody shit." Mm. You know, so I feel like it's like three different levels to it. You know what I'm saying? So I wanted to see. Not, I mean, you could always say, we're, of course, where you fall in <laughs> on it. But, um, you know, how you kind of feel about the whole thing? You know, is it just because I know one part of it is is that it's just this is fresh with us. You know what I'm saying? It right. happened less than two weeks ago. Right. So a lot of people are still very emotional about it. Uh, you know, it's a tough thing. Yeah. And then, you know, some people might have been feeling like this, and this is just a right. reinforcement of how they've been feeling. You know what I'm right. saying? I think it's a, it has been a longstanding debate. I think it's different with Nipsey and what he represents in terms of his legacy because he had a very clear message, I think, um, in terms of how he used his, uh, you know, his his uh, platform to really make a statement, you know, and he also used his life, his personal life, to really make a statement, I think, particularly for the black community. Like, he spoke out about that, but he also was, like, a living example. Mm-hmm. But I think it's always been a longstanding debate around, like, what is the responsibility of folks who are able to gain a certain level of status or a certain amount of money or are a celebrity and have a platform? Like, what's their responsibility to the black community? And for me personally, I feel like you have a responsibility to the black community, especially if you have a platform. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that Nipsey's life is an example of that. And I feel like we're seeing that. We're seeing that, you know, throughout the Internet. And I think it's unfortunate that we have to see it in relationship to, you know, him passing. But I think that that level of influence and that level of money um, and you use it, utilizing the opportunity to invest in the community, you can see real changes. And I feel like that's where the real change comes from. A lot of times we focus, or a lot of the community efforts that I've seen and that I've even been a part of have been around like us just, you know, using our voices or our platform to create awareness. And I think we also have to think about long-term strategies as to how to, you know, create something tangible to, cre- to spark change within our community. And that looks like using your finances to be able to invest um, in real estate um, or to be able to, you know, yeah, we just need tangible, we just need tangible shit. But how do you, okay, that's good. And how do you feel about the ones who do say, though, that it's hard for you to uh, come back or give back when you got to worry about things like, you know, what happened to him, especially if you somebody who's uh, a real face, you know what I'm saying? Because everybody, right. everybody, not a face, right. you know what I'm saying? So it's different level. Like, so some people can be a doctor or a lawyer, and motherfuckers probably won't trip off them the same way as they would the motherfucker who got a Range Rover or right. down. He pulling right. up in a Ferrari to show the kids and shit, yes. handing out money and shit like that. Yeah. So, it's, how do you feel about those that are more like these visible faces like that's out there? Because I always struggle with that too. Because I feel like. Um, 
I struggle with it, but I kind of I'm trying to see where the the line, where is. The line is. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because you absolutely yeah. got to like I feel like I'm with you. Like you have a responsibility to give back because otherwise, like we it's some kid out there who was the same kid we was. And honestly, a lot of the kids today, they got a lot less options, you know, than we had, you know, right. whether it's after school programs, boys and girls, all sorts of stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? They need as much stuff like that as they can. Um, so you getting there and being a presence like that needs to happen. But is it at a point where it's like you don't want to feel like because nobody want to be to do with mass security. You know what I'm saying? Right. When you coming back, because that almost make it feel like you detached. But then it's like. Right. But I feel like that's real. Like, we do got to acknowledge that, you know, there definitely are some haters with this. Yeah. <laughs> does exist. Feel right. me? Like, that's a real thing. Right. And I think, but, you know, I think E-40, like, when I was watching The Breakfast Club, mm-hmm. E-40 had said something to Charlemagne around, like, but, you know, when you're on that status, you definitely have to make sure that you protect yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that you can do both. Like, you don't want to be the person, in, in, you know, feel me, in the community with security, but you also don't want to be the person who got shot. shot right. Right? And you also don't want to be the person who, you know, makes enough money and feels like, you know, you you just don't have no obligation to to, to utilize your platform to get back at all. I feel like that's weak as fuck, too. Yeah. And there's two yeah. sides to it, too, because, one, you got to protect yourself from other people, and you got to protect yourself from hurting a motherfucker, too. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because there's going to be motherfuckers who will try you, say some wild shit to you. Right. You can't be the one who beat their ass because that's a check that you got to write, you know what I'm saying, no right. matter what they said, because uh-huh. you are who you are. Uh-huh. And I always, I was telling my homeboy about this, it's like, as much as motherfuckers love Farrakhan, like, you're not finna see him in nobody hood with not a 30 body. Like, they right. they making sure he good. Like, you know what yes. I'm saying? Like, it just gets to a point where it's like, you know, I love y'all, but I still got to make sure. Because it only take one. You know what I'm saying? It do. It could be a hundred good people out there, but it could take, and all it take is one person. So I think that's like, I think that's the hardest part once you start reaching, you know, celebrity or... You know, you start elevating. It's like, when is that point? Like, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, how do you know when that point is? Man, like, I, I feel like, I feel like, I don't know when, when safety. <laughs> you know, when you, like, walking through the community or you hear, like, when you have a certain level of status, I feel like, I don't know, it's instinctual, you know? You think so? I'm like, I'm like, bro, that's always like, it's like, because I just don't know what the bar is before. It's like, oh, is it when a motherfucker hit 100,000 like followers? (laughs) Like, now a motherfucker got to get a bodyguard? Like, or is it like when you get a million? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just, like, I don't know. I feel like when your safety starts to be jeopardized, you know, like people be in certain situations and they have that one instance where somebody, like, I think I was just watching, what was I watching on The Breakfast Club? The interview about what's the he's a new rapper. I'll be feeling like I'm so the baby. Oh, the baby, okay. Yeah, he was talking about his experiences. You know, he's really, really big or starting to be a big name in, you know, the, the community. Right, but really Where ain't all from. the way hella big, yeah. Right, because I had never heard yeah, of him here on the West Coast. And so he talked about a story where he was in Walmart with his family and some, you know, young niggas walked up on him and was flexing on him in Walmart, you know? Mm. Um, and he's also had several other instances. I think he talked about a time where he was getting robbed. But I think, you know, 
Like you have that that one experience where you where you start out at a club or at an event and <laughs> that shit. But so that like, be cold. That might be the one where it's over with. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? That be the cold part. As I remember, damn, uh, who was it? I think his name was Doe T.I.'s artist. Right. Like, that motherfucker was like, he hadn't even really started bubbling yet. He was kind of starting. And, like, he got shot on stage type shit. Like, at one of his own shows. That's so true. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like... But I think of as somebody, like, who's, you know, really from the community and really about the community and, like, your whole intention is to... You know, to be present and not forget where you come from, it's kind of like that. That realization that you have, like, a certain influence or that your safety might be jeopardizes. Uh, I'm going to keep it real. I think as soon as you could afford that shit, that's when it's time. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as you could afford that it's shit. Like, you know, yeah, I'm going to keep it real. Yeah, as soon as you got enough money, bro, what? Like, I think that's when it's time. It's like, okay, I got enough money. Like, I need someone with me, like, when I'm going to certain places. Right. Like, that's just what time it is. Like, because, nah, I mean, like, because let's keep it real. Like, I mean, there's levels to it. And I think the further you raise or the for- further you rise, uh, the more and more it gets. But it could be, it could be, and it probably is. I'm not even going to say it is. It is people right now as looking at damn uh, Supreme Queen or motherfucking the vegan hood chef. Like, I could do that shit. Mm-hmm. That food ain't that good. <laughs> of course. You know what I'm saying? Of course. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's like, it only gets, like Biggie said, more money, more problems. Like, it only, you only get more and more of them. Or it might not even be more and more of them. It might be those same couple people, but the yeah. hate just gets bigger and bigger because they see the type of situation they in. Right. And I you know think social saying? media is a big contributor to that. Definitely. For sure. Definitely that. Because everybody, Cause everything is on blast now. I think when it comes to folks who are artists who are entertainers, but mm-hmm. like now social media has created a platform for people to have a certain perception about how you live in life or what you're doing that may not necessarily even be the reality, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah, so I think there's a, there's a certain level of prestige or, like, influence that comes with that that sometimes isn't even necessarily earned or, mm. like, it's also weird. And I think that's what I was thinking about, like, folks in the community, like, um, who've now had, you know, some kind of... Uh, sense of prestige just off of, like, people's perceptions, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, how do you manage that? Mm-hmm. How do you deal with that? Yeah, no, like, definitely, for sure, for sure. So that's why I said, why I say, uh, niggas, as soon as you can afford that security, it's... <laughs> you better go on ahead and get get, get you one. Right. <laughs> get you one. <laughs> and get the armed ones, too, nigga. Don't get your homeboy, you feel me? For a roundaway, right. or if you do get, it, make sure he get his little gun license and shit. Make sure he good to he go. Got aim. Yeah, he got aim. <laughs> <laughs> you feel me, dog? Make sure his ass can run around. Yeah, the block. yeah. Make sure his cardio up, like all that type shit. Nah, but that that be fucked up. That's like what we talked about, like a lot of the fast food restaurants, all the places out here. I think you know it's easy to get a security job, but it be people. You walk into a building, you be like, I do not feel secure. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. who you about to catch, man? Yeah. And then, like, <laughs> I, I don't want to put it... I mean, I'm just saying because we, you know, the people around the way, they said, you know, they seen who it was who did the shit and things like that. Yeah. Um, but they also said the guy who did it was a uh, was a rat or, a, uh, you know, a government informant. Right. 
Um, so, you know, of course, everything that came with that was, was it. But that's uh, why I feel like we niggas need to use that influence to come back to the community and do more. Because if we have more Nipsey Hussle niggas, then we can shift the culture. Mm -hmm. You feel me? Like, I think we underestimate that. I think we underestimate that influence within the community and also our power. Like, that shit is really needed. Mm -hmm. Because it's like young, you know, young niggas growing up in the community follow what they see. Which is why a lot of folks glorify, like, the drug lifestyle or you know, what they perceive to be helpful. What you think it was that made him so much more different? Like, I don't know. Like, because, you I mean, you see a lot of people, it's even other people that give back. Like, you know right. what I'm saying? Like, because I, I don't want to put it off like they're like, it was nobody who, like, I mean, because you didn't see uh, motherfucker, uh, Young Thug then bought his whole block of houses right. and shit like that. Like, you didn't see other rappers, like, do shit. You know, J. Cole and, you know, and started a, a, whim, a house for, like, battered women and shit like that. You see a lot of people do stuff. Right. But it seems like the, uh, I don't know. It was just more of a attack. I don't know. I don't even know what it was. No, I feel you. But it was just more of a, like, attachment to Nip. And I don't know if it was just some, like, you know, my mom would say favor ain't fair. Like, some people just got, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes something about it's them. in you and they yeah, know sometimes, you. Yeah, yeah, sometimes it's yes. just something about you. Right. And I was going to say that, I think it was his spirit. Like, mm -hmm. And I felt like that illuminated through every all of his endeavors, right? Like, yeah. when I think of Nipsey, I think about alignment. Mm -hmm. You know, like, for example, folks were um, on the on social media, uh, like, I think, uh, re, uh, reposting a comment that was, like, a fan or something was getting that future because he was comparing himself to Nipsey. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I would argue with... I don't totally agree with the fan, but I would argue that, you know, when I think about future, I don't think about alignment. Like, I heard an interview where he was saying, like, he doesn't even do any drugs, but a lot of his music is about mm -hmm. promoting drug culture. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, I feel like with Nipsey, he was co extremely consistent across all his endeavors, his business endeavors, mm -hmm. who he was as a person in terms of what we got to see, mm -hmm. how he lived his life. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like, we were able to see him as a whole person and not just an entertainer. And I feel right. like that really had an influence um, on the community in a real way, which is why everybody felt so connected to him. Mm -hmm. You know, because a lot of times we're asked as, you know, as uh, as consumers or people in the community to separate the artists from the entertainment. When you come from the hood and you like, you know, mm -hmm. you're impressed by that lifestyle, it's hard to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I just think... Uh like, I always prided myself on, too, it was, like, one thing I always told my uh, my mom always told me, it was, like, great leaders help create uh, other great leaders. You know what I'm saying? Thanks. And um, I feel like it's a lot of people, uh, like, artists, business people that'll give you game and, you know, things like that. You get it from everybody. But I felt like with him, like, it was literally, like, a genuine, like, right. <laughs> passion. Like, he wanted you to go out there and get your shit done. Like, you know what I'm saying? Right. And I don't know how, but he was just able to convey that in his music where you felt like, yo, is this nigga talking, like, straight to me? Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Is he right. really talking straight to me? Because it wasn't, like, just little gems here and there. It was like, nah, like. All the time. Make like these cracker niggas respect my mind. Like. Right. <laughs> And since like, he was young, too, because, you know, now um, I'm looking at some of his older videos and mm -hmm. I'm like, even before his career blew up to what it blew up, um, like he was he was he was dropping jewels. He definitely was dropping jewels. He was in tune. Definitely. He was definitely like he, he was in tune. 
he had a clear vision and he had a clear path and he stuck to that, you know, and I think that that really resonated with a lot of people. And he also kept a sense of who he was. Like, yeah. And that's the part I was... often hard to do, yeah. you know? And that's the part I was going to get at, too. I think I was watching a... Uh, I was watching a uh, video of him when he was in D.C. at the uh, Eritrean uh, National Convention. Mm-hmm. And he was talking to some kids about there, and they asked him, "Was the uh, it was like when the first time you went to uh, Africa?" And he responded, "He was like the first time I went home was when I was eight. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And you know, of course, if you know about Eritrea and Ethiopia and about their whole thing of independence and how they wasn't colonized, and you know, they just had that certain spirit about them. But I think." It's something that comes, you know, we both like an education with kids, you know, we work with kids, but when you can find or put that into somebody at a young age, like that they come from something, you know what I'm saying, that's bigger than what they've been given or what they've been uh, told is what, you know, what their lineage is. Uh, from the surrounding factors, whether it be media or literally just what they in, like it does something for them. And they might not even get it as soon as they, you know, as soon as, you know, they see it, but it comes eventually. You know what I'm saying? Because he was still rolling 60s. You know, he was a crip and all of that. But, you know, eventually all of that stuff that he seen when he was eight years old and when he kept going back, like it began to come out, you know, in his music and in the way he started moving. And that's why I think it's just so important. I think... He, I mean, he's just such a uh, right. a great example of how, you know, things can be done to help you get to where you want to go. You know what I'm saying? And I think that was one of the things I really took from it was just he, he got a chance to see Africa, like, young, before he was 10. Right. He had a good sense of who he was. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I feel like that's super important. Like a lot of the times, like outside of like, you know, having a connection to your culture, but having a good sense of what your purpose is. Right. Which I feel like a lot of the youth that I work with, like I'll ask them, you know, tell me who you are. Tell me your story. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them either associate their story with a lot of the traumas, you know, that they've experienced Mm. or can't really even answer the question, Mm. you know. And so when you don't have a good sense of who you are, you're going to take on you know, whatever someone tells you that you are, you know, and usually what the system tells you that you are, what you see on TV. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's why I'm always, you know, checking niggas around the conversation around them saying, like, artists don't have uh, a responsibility because I see the flip side working with youth in terms of how influenced they are by the culture. And I feel like what Nipsey was able to represent is that a, a lot of what we kind of the structures that we see within our community, like, for example, what we consider to be gangs, to be, um, are often have, like, a negative connotation. But I I think it's kind of like what we saw with Killer Mike, you know, in his series, shout out to him. Um, Trigger warning, but he was showing how we can use the, uh, like, infrastructure of the Bloods and Crips to be able to generate funds or revenues to the community. That's a fact. And I think a lot of the youth that we work with really identify with the culture of being in the hood, kind of like myself, which is why the vegan hood chefs, you know, why Supreme Queen exists. And a lot of times when you gain a certain level of success, you're often looked at as, you know, the responsibility is to assimilate out of that culture into mainstream culture and Mm. That identity process of losing pieces of who you are mm-hmm. um, is it's tough. And so I think he was able to represent both. Like, he was still able to use his infrastructure. Like, I don't remember the exact um, quote, but he said something along the lines of, like, you know, I'm in a gang, but I'm not a gang banger. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm still using 
my affiliations. I'm not going on missions and stuff no more, but I'm using my affiliations to be able to start businesses and to hire my, mm-hmm. you know, hire folks in the community. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that's why I feel like that's that's super important. Yeah, and it was growth, man. Like, and he always showed that damn, uh, like his first change was that, like Malcolm X chain. And to me, he was kind of like the same in that type of sense. You know what I'm saying? Coming from where he came from, you know, developing from hitting those missions, like, cause he, you know, he he was with the shit. You know, he was with the shit. (laughs) Uh, You know, for a minute, yeah. You know what I'm saying? But you know, eventually. Uh, he developed his mind, put that plan together, and not only uh, raised up himself, but raised up a lot of his close friends. And then, like you said, he put something tangible in his neighborhood that a lot of people could eat from. You know what I'm right. saying? Buying that whole plaza, it wasn't just the marathon stores. He had his fish fry spot. He had the barbershop in there. He owned the cell phone store in there. He owned the fat burger. Right. You know what I'm saying? So that employed a lot of people right there. You know, it showed you know, what can be done if you put your mind on the right track. So, right. yeah, man, I just, I, I got a lot of admiration for that man. I was, uh, it was tough, man, that first day that shit happened. Like, I, 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 I tried to, I tried to I listen. I tried so hard. I, I tried so hard. I tried, I, like, I tried oh to listen God. to some of his fucking music that first day, bro. I played Blue Laces, man. that goddamn uh, mogul, and they know that. Logo on my flow, man. Right. I was like... <laughs> I was right. like, nah, bro, I had to turn that shit off. I couldn't listen to his shit for like two days. And I, I probably ain't listened to nothing but his shit since. Like, I was in the Uber because I had a layover at, uh, in Las Vegas on my way back to the airport, man. Mm-hmm. And I was just bawling in the Uber driver. was like, what's wrong with you? Wrong and I remember you, it was like, like <laughs> one, you know, and I'm going to uh, to New Mexico for uh-huh. a training. Uh-huh. And so it was like only one black dude on the plane. So I was hella trying to make eye contact with him. And I like, made eye contact with him. I'm like, bro, you heard what happened to Nipsey? <laughs> like, I just need you right now. Like, nobody else understands this pain. Like, anyway. he was like, man, yeah, I tried to forget about it. And I'm crying. I'm like, but we got to stick together right now. He said, we need each other right now, like, bro. For real. <laughs> nah, that shit was like, real. Like, I mean, it's just so crazy to see the impact. And I don't know what it is. Like, because Nipsey wasn't, like, going on, like, 20 or 30 times platinum or no shit like that. He ain't had the Grammys. But, like, literally, like, the world stopped when the shit happened. Like, the Uber driver that dropped my damn uh, cousin off on Saturday, like, literally, like, had just got his damn The Marathon Continues tattoos on his shit. I was like, what the fuck? And it was, like, right after we was talking about getting our shit. And I was like, damn, that shit crazy. Like, like, you know what I'm saying? My sister was saying the same thing. It's like, bro, like, this had to be what it felt like. It also, like, like on a spiritual level, felt like an energetic pool, for Mm -hmm. real. Like, you know? Like, his mom was saying, like, he's divine. He's great. Like, she was so at peace. Yeah. You know? Like, like a prophet, for real. Like, he came, he saw, he conquered. Yeah, yeah. Some people just know, bro. And I think, like... I don't think he knew, you know what I'm saying? But, like, you know, it's like sometimes, like, I mean, it's like I said, he lived a full life and he was 33. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He, like, a lot, of people, no can't, a lot of people can't say that. And, you know, it's tough because he got kids and he had a wife and, you know, mom and people and all that. Like, of course, that's tough. Um, but him as an individual, he lived a full life. He did a lot. His kids is taken care of. Um, 
you know, so that's, that's that's just something special. But I definitely felt like, yeah, this had to be what it was like when, like, Tupac got shot, bro. Because, you know, we had a lot of rappers die since then. Yeah, but I definitely. I have, and, and, you know, you feel bad for all of them. It's like, damn, that's right. fucked up. Like, you know, but this was, like, the first one where I was, like, down. Like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And I could tell other people was down. Yeah. You know? And I, it feels like Tupac, too, because it's, like, even though, like, I was super, super young when he passed away, like, you know, so I don't have a lot of recollection of, like, you know, his life, but his impact, you know, mm-hmm. all throughout my life. Like, yeah, for I sure. continue to felt that, and I feel like that's going to be the same thing for Nipsey. Yeah, nah, but it hurts a little. <laughs> you feel do. me? It hurts a little, little bit more because I feel like he was, like, the Tupac of our generation. Like, yeah. We got to and I, yeah, it's not really like, live his impact. Yeah, like, he, he was the one, man. And then I think, you know, his mom was so right, too, because I feel like, I felt energized. Like, after I got over the initial hurt, like, the first few days, I was like, bro, I felt like a little bit of like, yo, I'm really finna get to this shit. What? You see, I'm listening to Dave Ramsey. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I'm finna listen to some of that shit, too. Yeah, I'm like, yo, like, I'm really finna get to this shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? So he, I definitely think she was right about that, and I think it's only gonna grow. Yeah, he planted so many seeds, and I think that's the, like, one thing that I, I, uh, like, was upset about in terms of the internet because folks were like, oh, y'all just now starting to be Nipsey fans. And I'm like, what? Like, Who gives a fuck, bro? Right. But also, like, his legacy was that impactful. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, if I lived on the East Coast and never heard his music and I read his story and, you know, I or seen a meme about, you know, any of the things that he was doing in the community or heard a song, like, I definitely, definitely, yeah. feel me? Uh, would have been influenced. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, I don't have nothing wrong with no new fans, bro. Nothing wrong. What? Nothing he wrong deserves with that. that. Yeah, His legacy that deserves that. He needs to plant as many seeds yeah, as possible. Now, the shit I didn't like, uh, <laughs> I'm just going to leave this shit at five seconds because we're keeping this shit positive. Now, I didn't like the motherfuckers who was like hating on this nigga like while he was here type shit. And then as soon as he passed, was like on some, oh yeah, like this was such a great dude. It's like, all right, yo, like. Come on, man. Yeah, yeah, it's like you you need to let this breathe before you just hop on the on the ship because you was talking very greasy, not even but a couple of weeks ago. So you know it's just a lot of different things with publications. That's why I don't read. Yeah. That's why I don't read a lot of stuff. Like because all of the stuff is it's about clicks. You know what I'm saying? It definitely is, and it's like it gives people an opportunity to be bold about shit they wouldn't necessarily say. Exactly, face. especially while he was here, type shit. And I feel like, you know, we kind of a little ass of a dying breed, too, because we got to see, like, this uh, kind of uh, transition into this, like, super social media world. Yeah. So we still holding on to, like... Yeah, niggas don't know. They really still get slapped out here, though. What? Like, that shit... Yeah, that shit uh, getting slapped is still a thing, but... <laughs> I'm like, speaking of Nipsey. Right, yeah. Oh, I forgot he slept that nigga at the BET Awards. <laughs> I forgot about that shit. But, nah, uh, so. Well, we'll, uh, That's what I'm saying. Like, sometimes you need some of them hood. Niggas don't need to get killed, but niggas do need to get slapped every yeah. now and then. Like, yeah, that, that's a fact. That's, definitely, a, that's definitely a fact. A lot of intercommunal violence. Yeah, I mean, but I was even thinking about, like, because my, uh, my cousin was talking about, uh, I don't want to keep it negative, but. My cousin was talking about the guy who did it, and she was like, honestly, I ain't, I ain't want the cops to catch him. Like, I wanted, you know. The community. Yeah, because, and, um, you know, just going back to, you know, him and 
his whole connection with Africa and stuff. I was talking to one of my friends who's from uh, Zimbabwe, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Bro, we only call the cops for like major, like Facts. wild, crazy type shit. Like right. niggas rolling in here with like machine guns, trying to like kidnap motherfuckers. Anything else like that? Like the community handle that shit, bro. If it's right. a murderer, a rapist, a pedophile, like any of that shit, like we take care of it." For sure. You know what I'm saying? So right. that's, uh, I, I felt her on that shit, you know. But then it's like, you know, there's so many layers to this Nipsey shit, bro. Like, yeah, but I, I definitely don't, feel you with that on the community. Yeah, no, nah, I'd be on that shit too. Like, I'm, I definitely feel like that, yeah. you know, on so many levels. Like, we do have the ability yeah. to be able to create order in our own communities. Yeah. And it yeah. makes niggas be accountable, yeah, you know? Yeah, that's a fact. And some shit, bro, like, some shit just cut and dry, like, it was like, I believe they said it was 10 or so people out there. Like, they seen who did the shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? They know who did the shit. But um, I think that's just the whole other side of it. It's like, you know, um, you know, you had everybody talking about the uh, conspiracies of it and things like that, too. And, you know, we'll never really know 100%. Um, Right. But I mean, I wouldn't be surprised either way. Yeah, that's what I I'm saying. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, but like, that's the part where I was saying, on one hand, it's like, yeah, you could get the motherfucker, but it's like, we don't know if that's going to necessarily bring all of the right people to justice, you know what I'm saying? Because we don't really know who all behind everything, right. if it is a bigger thing to it. Right. But uh, it will, you know, from a macro level. You know, that would be handling that. You know, because at the end of the day, if someone paid that motherfucker to do it or whatever, he still did what he did. You know what I'm saying? And you can't have them type of people around. So, right. you know, that's still got to be dealt with, how it's dealt with. But, yeah. So, um, we going to leave this on a, a good note. I want you to speak to anything that you think uh, the listener should take from his life. You know, from what you've observed or even listening to music, interviews or any of that, what they should apply to their lives. Um, and any other closing notes you got. And then, you know, <laughs> like, we'll, yo, get, we'll get on. Like, take it out. Take it out. Well, when I, I'm, I'm hurt. Like, I definitely am hurt. Because uh, I think Nipsey represented a symbol of, like, of, of true hope uh, for our community. And I think if I can think about his legacy and his life, I think that I think about we all have a responsibility like we have a responsibility as black folks to to use our life endeavors, our talents, our gifts um, to be able to give back to our community and to our family. And I think that when I think about Nipsey, too, I think about, again, alignment and somebody who is walking in a true intention and a true purpose. And I think part of that process is for everybody to really have a good sense of who they are, you know, and uh have a good sense of their understanding of what their purpose is in life and really walking in alignment with that. And when you walk in alignment with that, then I feel like there's nothing but positivity that's going to come. And I feel like Nipsey life was a good representation of that. And I feel like, you know, he gave us good tangible examples around like why it's important to uh, use our resources to invest in our communities. You know, he bought the block that he originally, um, you know, would get, uh, Patted down by the police, you know, and I feel like that's a real example of like what it means to be revolutionary. So, well said. 
And uh, I'll say, you know, listen to some of the man's interviews, you know, even probably before you even go to the music. Like, any of his interviews, listen to the interviews and then go to the music. And uh, I think he really represented uh, perseverance and uh, selflessness. You know, that, those are the two words that kind of come to mind when I think of just really perseverance and selflessness. Uh, perseverance from the standpoint of whatever y'all got going on, whether you think it's big or small, like, see it through. Like, it's nothing... It's nothing like completing whatever goal it is you have in front of you, no matter how long it takes. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a real joy and a pride and a sense of completion that comes with, uh, you know, finishing the task at hand, uh, regardless of how long it takes. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's that perseverance. And the selflessness is, uh, you know, sharing whatever information you got that help make you successful or help make you good at whatever it is you're good at and spreading it to as many people as you can in whatever fashion or form you think is uh, most comfortable for you. You know, so spread that knowledge and, uh, you know, build up the people around you and build up your community. Thanks. And I think you, uh, you'd be good. So I think that's what NIP represents. So right. long live NIP. I'll you probably don't gotta leave the hood. <laughs> no, nah, you don't. You don't. For but sure. as soon as you can afford that fucking bodyguard, man, <laughs> make, sure make sure you, you get, protect yourself. Make sure you get that man. Make sure you get For that sure. man with aim. For sure. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, man, we thank you for tuning in. We're going to see if we can get Jermaine on here next week. Him and his uh, lovely girlfriend. And uh, I guess in about two weeks, we'll see if we can get uh, Ranisha and Amy back here to really talk about Supreme Queen and uh, the Hood Vegan Chef. Yes. And uh, we'll have a ball, man. It's going to be a great third season. You're going to see a lot of black excellence on here. So, uh, yeah, stay tuned in. And in the words of Imani, since Lion King is coming out this July, hey. uh, Akuna Matata, my niggas. <laughs> Peace.